Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This edition of the Patriots Board is brought to you by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Today, it's a feel-good edition of the Patriots Report. We look back at the dramatic win over the Buffalo Bills and look ahead to the challenge that is the Miami Dolphins. That's all up right now, only on the Patriots Report. Chris, we're here at the feel-good edition of the Patriots Report, a day after the 29-25 win over the Bills. I, I guess we start with the quarterback here. Mac finishes 25 for 30, 272 yards, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. Give me your initial thoughts on how Mac looked, and maybe we can talk more about the offense as a whole moving forward. I mean, you said it right there with the last thing, no, no picks, right? We've been talking about this for the last six weeks, interceptions, fumbles, turnovers, that's what's killed this football team. That's what's forced them to play from behind. That's what's just put their defense and field position in just bad situations. And we did not do that this week. And against a good football team, against a good defense. And, I mean, I saw the Mac Jones that we talked about the first couple of weeks where he's doing some good things, but we're just – we're close. We're not quite there. I think we we regressed a little bit when we played Dallas. Um, you know, we regressed a little bit the next week, and then he comes out this week, fired up, goes down, leads them, gets them on the board right away. You know, we we're leading the game for once. We're playing from, you know, with a lead. You know, I know we only put up three points, but three points is three points, right? Points. First points, time at home all year with a lead. Yep. Without, without and. Three. He made good throws. I mean, those those throws at the end of the game, um, over the middle, the one to pop, the one uh, to uh, Hunter Henry, like those were good throws and throws that he can make. Obviously, you know, clearly he can make those throws. Clearly, those guys came up with clutch plays and clutch situations. And you know, in the time when we needed it to to win a football game, they they did it, man. And, and uh, it was fun to see because I saw for the first time this season all three phases playing football together. Mm-hmm. Got an interception, right? I was I went at the Raiders game, you know, watching the the young punter, you know, kick footballs. And I was like, man, this is does not look great. And then he comes out, 
pins them down at the two yard line a couple, you know, once. And then, you know, it was just that sort of thing. This was a, a complete game for all three phases. Um, you know, we made it a little bit more exciting than we needed to. And, you know, that, that happens. I mean, listen, I, I watched pop Douglas throughout the entire game. I watched those guys catch the football. You know, what was the common denominator of those guys after the catch two hands on the football. Right. And, you know, Kendrick, you know, he's going to, he's going to beat himself up uh, over the fumble, but you know, it didn't at the end of the day, it also didn't cost them. Right. They won the football game. Some of these things you got to battle back from, you know, you got to deal with a little bit of adversity and, uh, you know, I'm glad they got one at home against a, as a against a good Bills football team. You mentioned Pop Douglas, four catches, 54 yards, one rush, 20 yards. We've talked about his great short area quickness. He's a tremendous weapon. And it seems like right now he's over whatever early season jitters that he had, especially when it comes to ball security. What did you see from him yesterday that gives you optimism for him and his career moving forward? saw confidence you know he was we got the ball early in his hands first of all i loved what we did with the offense was great we had we were moving you know we had a lot of motion we had a lot of just a lot of stuff before the snap um you know a lot of misdirection stuff that i think really helped them move the ball down the field helped them in the run game helped them in the play action uh it really kept it felt like the defense it felt like the bills were on their toes like the entire game really didn't know what to expect. And there were even a couple of times when, you know, they're sending one of the dimes off the, you know, off the corner. And, you know, I saw the communication. I saw the hots. I saw Mac communicating this stuff with his receivers or with the offensive line. So that was really cool to see. Um, I think what with pop, it was, it was really good to see him when he got the ball in his hands. He, it seemed very decisive of where he wanted to go. You know, I think with these younger guys, sometimes they, they they're so concerned about catching the football and making the play that's like, okay, I caught it. Now what do I do with it? And I didn't see that from him. I, you know, he got the ball, got upfield, you know, some couple quick throws to start the game. Um, I, again, I thought Kendrick played well. I know he had the the fumble, but um, he's kind of evolving into this go-to receiver almost where we're looking for him to make big plays. Uh, you know, I thought the tight ends played well. Obviously, you know, we got the tight ends involved on national tight end day at the end of the game to to win the football game. So um I, I listen, I was it was an exciting football game and I was really proud of the way that this team has responded for the last for the first really for the first part of this season uh, over everyone talking about, you know, this is not a good team, Max not a good quarterback and like we said this last last week it was ignore the noise. Mm-hmm. and go out there go practice go prepare like you know what type of football player you are and, and i i read some of the stuff that these guys are talking about um throughout the week and it seemed like they're doing a good job of it man and now it's like okay cool you did it for one week can we do it for two mm-hmm. you know and and that's that's this is where you start stacking and building a football team you know now you got a good thing right we did a lot of good things let's build off of it and see what we can do the following week one of the most encouraging things after the game in the locker room, a lot of guys were talking about Mac and not winning it for Mac, but they were happy for him. And if I could just kind of take my sports writer hat off for a second and put on my human being hat, that 
it was a nice moment to be able to know that these guys wanted to succeed for a quarterback who's been going through a really rough stretch. You as a guy who's been in those locker rooms before, have you ever been in a situation like that where you knew one of your teammates was going through a really rough patch and you wanted to see him succeed? You wanted to pull for him. You want to root for him a little bit. I mean, the best locker rooms that I've ever been in, that's a, we're, that's a way of thinking through for up and down the roster. Um, you know, even if a guy, a guy struggles a week before or whatever, you know, being excited and being happy for your teammates is the sign of a good football team because it's not just about one guy. It's 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, and the 11 guys that are playing that are busting their ass playing special teams, trying to win football games for you, even if they only have one or two jobs, right? Matthew Slater is a guy. He is a dog on the field and has been doing it for a very, very long time. And he's a guy that can change football games, but you know, he's only on the field, maybe 12 plays a game, you know, and to see, to hear that, um, I know what type of culture, I know what type of guys bill brings into these locker rooms. So I don't expect them to be too much, uh, me guys where they're always concerned about me. You know, he brings good guys into those locker rooms that are, team players that are do what's best for the team going to talk to the media about what's best for the team and not about them, you know, themselves or other players. And um, it, it's really, it's really, really great to hear those guys so excited for Mac because I was excited for him. You know, mm-hmm. I watch, I'm watching the game and I'm seeing him up and down the sidelines, getting excited, getting pissed off, pissed off. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see him get pissed off when they don't complete something. Or I know there was a miscommunication on one of the plays where I oh, I forget who it was, but I know he expected it was a zone coverage. I, I actually think it was pop. I think it was, and yeah. he broke out yeah. of it. Right. I know Mac expected him to sit down in that zone so they complete that third down. That's the type of stuff that I want to see from the quarterback, get pissed off, but go, go talk to your player and be like, let's, let's talk through this. So that next time it happens, we complete this and move on. And I think that's where they need to get to to really continue winning football games is those little things, the things that maybe not everyone else sees, but I know he should have just sat down third and four or five, whatever it was, catch it, go up the field, first down, moving on, right? Um, so, you know, those are things they're going to watch the film. They're going to make those corrections, and hopefully they can just continue to build off of, you know, all the good things that they did this week. One of the guys or one of the groups of guys who I think deserve a lot of credit for this one was the offensive line. And I wrote this today for the Boston Globe that you had the same five guys out there for roughly 98% of all the snaps. It was the sixth different offensive line grouping that they've had to start a game in seven games this year. But there is a feeling now with Michael Wenyu's move to, to, to right tackle as opposed to guard that you might have something there. You might have finally landed on that combination. What did you see from the offensive line yesterday that maybe gives you a sense of optimism about that group? I saw Mac Jones not on the ground a lot. And I saw guys, I saw holes being opened. And, and you know, I saw an offensive line that seemed like they were playing well together as a unit. Um, I saw some good things from Trent Brown, someone that I've been expecting to kind of step up and be that force on that, you know, on that left side that where no one's going to get past me, right? Because he is a physical specimen and he has all the attributes of being a really, really good left tackle. And 
that's who we want, right? That's who you want protecting Mac on that side. And I think I saw some guys, the communication was awesome going down, putting up points on the board. This, these are all things that, you know, you want to build off of as an offense, as a team. And the more that those guys can stay, stay healthy, obviously first and foremost, and then that they can work together. You know, I think we said last week, I expect a guy like David Andrews to really step up and, and be the voice, be that leader on that unit and on that line. And I think I, I I would like to think that he probably had some words to say this week, you know, prior, you know, leading up into the week and practice, like we got to clean this stuff up, man. Like this is, it's on us first and foremost. And that's, I know that's who he is as a player. So I like those guys to put that accountability, like put it on us, let, let us protect you. And then Mac, we know you can make the throws because you show us it week in and week out in practice. And we just haven't been able to produce in games, right? They know that they've talked about it. Mac has talked about it. So it's taught it were practice to game reality, you know, and that's kind of where we haven't really, there's been that, that, that line where we haven't really been able to transfer it over and play into on Sundays. And I think that they did that this week against a very good football team. Last question about the offense specifically, as it relates to yesterday was Sunday's performance, the offensive performance on Sunday, maybe the final step in the acclimation process to, you know, kind of Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones meshing a little bit because Look, in someone brought it up this week. Mac has now gone through three different offensive coordinators in three years. Mm. He's had numerous shifting parts around him. There may be, and I don't want to, you know, kind of overbloat yesterday's game, but there might be a sense that okay, things are clicking now mm. for Mac, Bill O'Brien, the offense. Everyone is kind of now fully on the same page. Seven games into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to that. Um, you don't just hire an offensive coordinator, regardless of how much familiarity he has with the system and just things to just, you know, turn the page and everything goes smoothly. There's an acclimation period. And there's also, you know, scripting practice to playing in a game is, is very, very different. And it seemed uh, like you said, I think there was a, a lot of points in this game where it seemed the two of them were on the same page and we were calling plays that Mac wanted that Mac was comfortable with that, he really went through his reads and made the right throws and did all the right things. And I think also for Bill O'Brien, it's all right. Like I know the guys that I want out there and on the football field now, and I know the guys that can step up and make the plays. And, you know, I think I loved what he was doing pre-snap. You know, there was a lot of movement, a lot of misdirection. And I think that's kind of what you need to do. I think you need to really keep the defense a little bit on their toes and, and back on their heels and not just, you can't, we can't just line up and run plays. I mean, that's across the league, right? But if you had an offense that was struggling and an offensive line that, you know, maybe hadn't played together so much and they were struggling a little bit, let's do some, let's do some different things to kind of mix it up and make things a little bit more challenging on the defense, make them communicate more. And uh, that's what I saw. And I, I mean, I really, from start to finish, um, I thought it was a really well coached game. Uh, I thought Billy O really called a great game and, and vice versa. I thought the players produced and they played well. All right, let's look forward a little bit here. What about the offense performance, the offensive performance that the Patriots put out there on Sunday suggests to you that it might travel. It might stick moving forward. If you could look at one thing on the offensive side of the ball that they did that gives you cause for optimism moving forward into Miami this week and then, 
you know, the following weeks, is it the performance of Pop Douglas? Is it Mac? Is it the offensive line? Is it something else? Or maybe just the group as a whole? I think it's the group as a whole. They had success doing things. They put points on the board. They scored in the red zone. These are all things that as an offense, you're going to go back and watch the film. And there's going to be stuff that we left out there for sure. They're in the But we made big plays down the field. We came up with big, big plays and big time situations, you know, where ball was thrown up and it's what you one-on-one bought you and the other guy. And we made those plays. Farrell made that. I mean, that was a, that was a good ass throw for Mac Jones in a, in a hard, in a tough situation, going down to win a football game, and you're going to drop one in right over, you know, essentially where only he could get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made a big play. Um, and that was across, that was across the whole game. I mean, there really wasn't a ton of errant throws from him. And I thought he made all the right decisions. And I think that's what we've been waiting for Mac to do for four quarters. And he hasn't shown that. And but yesterday he did, and he made all the right decisions. <laughs> you know, we're watching the game. And the announcers like, ah, oh, you know, he hasn't made any mistakes, and he not turning the ball over. Bang, he fumbles the ball. But you know what? That happens. You know, he was trying to make a play, do, do a little too much. You got to know that someone's coming for him. Luckily, I think Trent, you know, was right there and fell on top of it, and that's fine. Move on. But you can learn from that one a little bit too. And again, you know, in that turnover category, it was. Big fat goose egg, which is what you want to see. And on the flip side of things, we came up with some turnovers early, uh, which was great. And I really hope that they they watch this film and just as a team, they build off of this because there's so much talk that this is just not a good football team. And I'm hearing people like, oh, we you know we should just tank for the season and go for it. that's no, that, that's you don't do that as NFL football football players. Like, sure, the everyone can talk about the next year's draft and who do we need to get like it doesn't really matter we don't have them we got the guys in the locker room right now like how are we going to win football games with these guys and i think they rallied behind each other i think there was a little bit more of an accountability and a little sense of urgency that went up this week and i really the energy out there was awesome i mean i love playing at home i think we need to be able to do the same thing at home and then we need to just turn it up a little bit more when we go on the road you talk about tanking. Have you ever been on a team that has collectively decided to tank or do you oh, know God, teams no. that have decided <laughs> to tank? Is, is it a real thing in the National Football League? I don't think I really don't think it's a real thing. I've never been a part of an organization where we're just going to go into a team meeting and be like, hey, guys, it's not that we don't have a great football team. So let's go out and lose football games like that's that's not a real thing. Um, I think that's more of, you know, the media kind of like, how do we. You know, what are we going to talk about? We don't have a great team and, you know, well, let's look forward to next year. But in a locker room with a bunch of guys that are that are competitors that want to win football games and this is their life and their livelihood and how they feed their families. That's that's not a real thing. And uh, I've been on some some tough teams that have struggled throughout the season. But, you know, even for my years that I was in Buffalo, man, like. If we knew we weren't going to the playoffs, we were going to ruin it for somebody else. And that's how we we approached games going into the season. And we wanted to win every single football game that we possibly could. And we would never just go on national television and try to lose a football game. That that does that's not a real thing. <laughs> All right. Big story before the game yesterday. Bill Belichick reportedly agreed to a contract extension. This is before the start of the season. Setting aside some of the deeper questions about the story, why now? who leaked it, what maybe Gerard Mayo thinks of this whole deal. Yeah. What's your take 
on the story. I'm assuming you see this as good news. I, yeah, I do. I think it's also there's I don't know why why it would come out now, um, but maybe the source whoever leaked it was trying to say that we're here and we support Bill Belichick and what he does with our football team and our organization and just the community in general. Um, for guys like Gerard, guys that are working their way up, I don't necessarily see it as anything. They should take it negatively, right? I mean, things can still happen within the organization and he can still continue the rise of his coaching career and do different things. So um, I think it was a um, we're, we're backing up our guys, mm-hmm. right? And we support Bill and Bill is one of the best coaches to ever coach the game of football, regardless of the re- the the record and the reflection of the past couple of years like we 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 had to do so we had to rebuild a little bit and we're in the process of life without some of the guys that have been there for so long and guys that have known the system and done and and won football games you know we have a group of guys that you know haven't played a lot of football and haven't won a lot of football games and that takes a little bit of time to build you know and it takes time to get that confidence uh, with your coaches and players and your team and um, you know, I think yesterday was a good first step in the, in toward a, a very good direction. You know, I thought was interesting was the last time, look, Bill's contract details have always been, you know, a state secret. No one's yeah. known how much he gets paid. What is, you know, what is year to year process is like, uh, but the last time there was such a public display of affection, at least financially from yeah. the crafts was during the height of spy gate which for me was a symbol of, look, this is our guy, the rest of the league. You guys can go kick rocks as <laughs> far as, you know, as far as we're concerned, we're behind our guy. And it felt, again, I don't want to go too deep because there could be a, there's like a million different questions that can kind of spin off this story. But for me, that was my first inclination that, look, we're supporting our guy. Yep. You know, he's here for the long term. You know, we're not looking anywhere else. We're not looking to make a big change. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's also the crafts. Um, you know, Robert Kraft was one of my favorite owners to ever be around just because of his, his support for his head coach, for whoever was there for just the organization. He doesn't want to be the guy to make all the decisions. And he puts someone in place that he trusts first and foremost to, to do what's best for the football team. And I, that's, that's uncommon. I think across the board in the NFL for, a owner to put so much trust and faith into what, like really one specific person. And that's the relationship that they've kind of, that they've formed over the course of a very long time. Um, And obviously it worked for a very long time, you know, and they had the success and won the Super Bowls. And I think we're living in an era now where I, I, I showed you that trust for 20 years I'm going to continue to show you that trust that you know what to do with this football team and how to get us to back to where we, you know, we were, you know, four or five years ago. In in your experience, and I, I can understand if, you know, you want to, I don't want to say sidestep this question or avoid this question, but in your experience, how would you characterize the relationship between the owner and the head coach? Um, I mean, I think I've been on some uh, different teams, um, there are, I think I've been in places where the owner will overstep a lot of what the, co- what the head coach wants and doesn't really necessarily listen to what the head coach wants. And the head coach doesn't really have any control over who we sign or who we let go. 
And I think that's a tough situation to be in uh, as a player, as a head coach, you know, there's really, there's no way of communicating. Like, I don't, I don't know why we did what we did or, or why we let go of this guy. You know, I think that's, that's a tough situation when you, when you play in an organization that there's so much trust and communication between owner and coach, that's a situation where, you know, you can go and you can ask your coaching staff, you know, what, you know, what are we doing here? What's going on? And they can give you a real answer and they know the answer. I think you, you really establish, again, we talk about trust and and accountability and, and wanting to be about everyone to be on the same page and be about the same thing. And, and there it's, it's about winning football games and the owner, the coaches, the players, the everyone in that facility is about winning football games. I don't care if you are, uh, one of the cooks for the team, you know, marketing man, you know, business, the crafts, coaching staff, everyone's got one goal. What can we do to help this football team win? That was Washington. That's really that cool. Was, that was Washington, wasn't it? You're referencing, right? <laughs> That's oh, okay. For, uh... <laughs> That's okay. I won't push. I won't push you too much on that. I won't push you too much on that. I, I understand. Let's look ahead right now. Let's yeah, look yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Patriots, Miami, set this one up for me. This is suddenly a lot more interesting than maybe it was a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, a team that's arguably been playing some of the best football in the National Football League, they're coming off a loss uh, last night. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that they're going to want to put a different product out in the field. So we kind of saw this, you know, a couple weeks ago when Dallas went to Arizona and didn't play a great game. And then they had, a little bit of a fire lit under their ass and they're like, okay, we got to come out and play better. So a, you know, we're going to talk about where we got to, we got to stop Tyreek. Right. And that's going to be the main focus. How, how do we stop him from, you know, from destroying this football, you know, from taking over a football game. Right. I mean, guys got a a ridiculous stats this year and he's a good receiver. Um, And then, you know, how do we build off of, again, I don't, I don't want to make it about the Dolphins and I don't, I want to just make it about new England football. That's what we talked about last week. This is all about, it's not about who we're playing right now. It's about who is this new England football team and how are we going to continue to build off of now that we had, we had some success. We played some good football. There are definitely some things that we can do better. How can we continue to do better? Fix those little things that we didn't do well. And don't turn the ball over, create some turnovers and put some points on the board. You know, I, again, I don't really think it, it's not about who we're playing anymore. It's about New England and it's about the guys in that locker room wanting to go out there and continue to have this feeling that they had, you know, after Sunday's win. If you're Bill, do you approach the Dolphins differently from a defensive perspective than you do the first time? Or do you change things or do you, you change things up? You keep it, you know, consistent. Because it looked like the first time it was all about stopping Tyreek, and then yeah. they ended up getting gashed by Raheem Mostert. Is yeah. are, are, do you think it's going to be the same defensive game plan? Obviously, I'm I'm obviously broad brushing it here, but yeah, are, is it going to be changed up a little bit? I think it's going to be changed up for for sure. There's no way Bill will ever go into the into one game with the same game plan, especially when you play a team twice a year. I think that there's going to be some similarities to how they stop Tyreek. I think that there's going to you know we have also we got a different personnel out there you know we don't have judon we don't have uh christian so that's they're a little bit different in how we might play this game so um you know i would expect them to still try to limit tyreek's touches 
and how he can affect the game. But again, you know, we got to play the run game a lot better than we did the first time. And that will also be a focus. So, you know, I think there's going to be a mix. I think that Bill and that defensive staff is really going to come up with a pretty, pretty good game plan to, to try to do just that. And I think offensively, it's, it's not about what the Dolphins are going to do. It's how do we, you know, continue to build off as an offense? How do we kind of still instill this confidence in Mac and him throwing the ball and put him in good situations and um, continue with a lot of the moving parts on offense pre-snap and really try to keep the Dolphins from, you know, really knowing what to expect. Like it didn't seem like the Bills had any idea like what was going on. And we were just, it was great, man. It was bang, bang, balls out of his hands. in so in the playmaker's hands, in pop, you know, in Kendrick, I mean, tight ends, running backs, everyone got involved. And that's, that's what I loved. You didn't know who was getting the ball. Um, and they, they built off of that and they were able to put some points on the board. So there's some good things to build off of there. I want to ask you kind of an off the wall question, something I got into with my previous podcast partner, LG for a long time, the Patriots had a hard time winning in Miami. And yeah. we talked about the heat <laughs> And the yeah. Dolphins' ability and the matchups and all that. And just, you know, for whatever reason, we ran down all the reasons as to why the Patriots struggled on South Beach. But it also seemed, he also seemed to hint kind of over the years that maybe some of the guys enjoyed a little South Florida nightlife. A little too much in games down there. I know that guys consider that, you know, in large part, the best road trip of the year. Going down yeah, to Miami. Talk. It's, you know, it's, it, what, what do you think? What do you think about that, that, I, that idea? And what do you think about the challenges that the Patriots have had when it comes to facing Miami in Miami? The, uh, the nicest thing about playing Miami in Miami is when, I mean, I wouldn't say this now, but if you're playing them like in December and you're, you know, it's 10 degrees when you wake up outside in, in Foxborough, you get to wake up into a nice, you know, 70, 80 degree, a little bit of humidity weather. I mean, that was that was the nicest thing for, for me when I was, and I, I played a lot of games in Miami, even when I, my time in Buffalo. Um, but listen, I, I, I never really saw guys going there and going out and, and, you know, we got curfews. We're not getting there with a lot of time. You know, we usually take off and land and you have maybe an hour or two to go get some food or go walk around outside, stretch your legs. And then you're right back into meetings. What I would expect from this football team is to be all in. You know, we're going down there with with a purpose and a job. You know, we haven't played well all season and we have we just won our second football game of the season and there's nothing that's going to get in our way of winning our third football game. And yeah, they got to deal with some challenges and you got to get, you know, deal with the heat, but that's you know, that's the way the season goes and Bill will do some different things. I'm sure he may maybe he'll throw them in the inside for one day and crank up the heat and um you know get guys used to a, you know playing in a, in a different climate um you know he's going to be harping you got to stay hydrated we you know, we got to drink we got to you know do all the little things so that we go down to Miami and guys aren't cramping up in the second quarter just because it's hot like those to him are inexcusable mistakes you know he doesn't he hates that stuff. If a guy's cramping, that's because he didn't hydrate well enough and that's on him um, and the player. So he's always, he's going to harp that. And again, I, I think those guys are going to go down there with one goal in mind and that's to win their third game of the season against a very good football team. And listen, Miami plays very well at home. They always have, they always played well against us. It was always kind of, you know, the lights came on and, and it was like Miami super bowl. When we came to into town, 
Um, I think there's got a little bit of a different vibe to it this year because Miami's playing well. They got a good team and everyone's going to expect them to win this football game. So I think there's a little bit of a different vibe. So I think going there as the underdog helps New England tremendously. Um, I think that they're going to go in there with, you know, we got nothing to lose, right? We got mm-hmm. nothing to lose. Everyone expects Tua and Tyreek and Moser and, and Jalen, you know, to walk all over us. Like, nah, let's not let that happen. Let's go out here and build off of this good win that we just had and go surprise some people, you know, and don't turn the ball over. <laughs> let's see if Bill Belichick can get his first win against Tua. I still can't believe that Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick. Well, I don't know if it's a lefty out. quarterback. Yeah. I don't know if it's the, <laughs> the, 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 the offense that he has around him. Whatever the case may be, he's never lost to Bill. Interesting. I did not know that. Well, I mean, he's going to be put to the test this weekend. I'm sure Bill's going to have a good plan for him for sure. Sunday at 1, South Florida, Patriots, Dolphins. Chris Hogan, thank you very much for your time, my friend. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder, this episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.